Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. Righty, welcome back to the Exceptional Sales Leader and a very special welcome to Mr. Rene Zamora. How are you, my friend? Hey, Darren. It's a great, I'm doing good. It's uh, great to be here a day behind you. <laughs> well, we were just talking before that uh, we're recording this on a Friday and uh, right now where you are, I think you're in, is it Auburn, California? Yes, it is. Uh-huh. It's, uh, it's mid-Thursday afternoon. So um, the wonders of technology where we can, you can talk into the future and I can reach into the past. <laughs> That's right. Too bad the sports weren't delayed like that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Hey, I'm really looking forward to this conversation. So um, I think I think we've got a lot in common, and I think a lot of what we're going to talk about today is going to resonate with uh, with the audience because we're going to talk about sales management, but not necessarily as many people think because we're going to talk about uh, fractional sales management. And you've been blessed to be running a company called Sales Manager Now since 2006. Yes. And uh, so to, just to give us, as the listeners, a little bit of a background, um, what brought you to, I guess, Sales Manager Now? What was, what was it that you found in the marketplace you thought there is a definite need for this? Because we are going to explore what sales uh, management from a fractional perspective is as well. All right. Sounds good. Well, I love the question. Um, first, just a little bit of background to, to me as far as sales. I mean, you know, I don't think not a whole lot of people went to school for sales. We just kind of started selling, you know, either we needed to pay some bills or move out of our parents' house or something. And so that was with me. I moved out first uh, and then got a sales job. And so it's just started, you know, working door to door back in way back before 2000, you know, 1800, not 1800, like 1980s. I'm not that old. I look great, but, uh, you know, (laughs) anyways, you know what I mean? So door to door started out there just selling pictures then people hanging them on their, their office walls. And then I got into, uh, Harris Lanier dictating equipment, um, the coffee and food industry with ARA services. And then the, the wireless cellular business was taken off. And uh, I started getting into to that in the in the San Francisco Bay Area. I lived in San Jose, California. And so, you know, a lot of things were going on there. Silicon Valley was building up and growing. And uh, so, but the wireless business kind of got a hold of me. And that was my first management position. And so I uh, was a manager uh, for Cellular One uh, in California, in Oregon, in Washington. I kind of had three spots that I moved around into and did that for seven years. And during that time, there was a lot of mergers and acquisitions. There was a lot of small markets that a lot of big companies started gobbling up. And uh, I really learned how to adapt because during a seven year period, we were I was owned by six different companies. Um, and so, but me and my manager were there for five of those changes. The sixth one, he took off before me. And then, um, I don't know, I was let go on the seventh change because uh, we just, the merger was just kind of always, there's a little bit of attrition. So there I was doing a great, I did a great job for people and they let me go. (laughs) (laughs) So at the time, was it like, was it, I mean, maybe looking back, it was a bit of a blessing, but at the time. Oh yeah. it was, it, yeah, it hurt, you know, I just moved from one, uh, from Oregon to Washington, got a nice raise, uh, moved my boys to schools and, you know, and you're just, you work so hard to be successful. I was telling my wife today, I said, like, you know, the, one of the big secrets to success in sales is like work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, just go work every day, you know, That's just it. do it. Anyway. Um, yeah, it hurt. And uh, I tell people it only took me about three years to get over it, but I did. Uh, and, but yes, I, it led me into consulting and I started doing, um, high performance, uh, team and leadership training. And when we got certified, I bought some material. I still have it. It's great material. And I really enjoyed, um, a few years, just, uh, put up my own shingle, uh, made my own sales calls, got into hospitals and banks and did my own trainings for these companies, but it wasn't, it, there was something missing, um, in the management field 
a sales leadership field, you know, you're, you got a team, you know, you're winning, you're working toward a goal. You get to celebrate when you win and That's you it. see people grow and change in training. You, you train them and it's fun and you're teaching them. Then you just, they all go, you pack your bag and you go home and you wonder like, I wonder how they're, how they did, you know, you don't well, really. Yeah. Particularly. And, and I do a lot of sales training, a lot of leadership training as well. And I'll be interested in whether this is the same in the States. I'm sure it is because we are one big, one big, um, like yeah. unconscious brain, if you like. <laughs> yeah. Interesting that companies will bring you in. You'll do a sales training or you'll do a leadership training and you think, wow, I've got Renee here for a day or two days. She's going to teach our sales team everything there is to know about sales. Once yeah. it's done, they are fully equipped. So the results should happen instantaneously. Yeah. And you're yeah. sitting there thinking, geez, I wonder how they are going. And in most <laughs> cases, They've actually put your workbook in in their drawer, and they've got back to doing normal normal business. And so, yeah. I think it will lead into the, I guess, the purpose of of fractional sales management so shortly. Absolutely. But it's, absolutely, I've always felt that you know doing sales training is one thing, but you've got to have some sort of follow up because it's not necessarily the sales leader at that organization who will unfortunately not yeah. drive the accountability. So, so they're they're not the ones driving the accountability. They expect the the salespeople to do that. But even better, what if they actually took us as a sales trainer and actually embedded us into the business as a as a resource oh, moving ab- forward? Absolutely, which is and I, you know, I don't, I don't think it's intentional, or people don't want to, you know, implement uh, that. It's just we can only absorb so much in a day yeah. or two days, and uh, you know, you're going to grab on a few things, and hopefully, I mean, that's really our, our hope is that they grab on a couple things and get a little bit better, but. You know, to get the whole package and to really implement the process system methodology that we're mm. bringing, it's like it takes reinforcement. There's just no doubt about it in anything in life. And it does. So, it does. so having uh, having been let go and taking three years to get over it, <laughs> <laughs> some, some of us are slower than others, but that's okay. I, I, did, I didn't. I didn't wait that long to get going. I just. <laughs> I just held a grudge for that long. That's, no, that's all. Okay. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> so, was there something that? Uh, was it was it your burning desire to be back involved with people, or was there a specific niche that you noticed in the marketplace that well, led okay. you to create sales management? I, you know, I wasn't that strategic, so it was. It was, it <laughs> hey, was but it can spir- be looking back, right? No, it was a spiritual journey. Okay, so um, so I had uh, actually it was about I actually sold my training business into an accounting firm uh, that was. Uh, expanding into consulting, business consulting. They say, oh, you know, they saw my presence there in the marketplace. And hey, why don't you come in here? And like, okay, man, I was actually thankful. It's like, Phew, okay, a salary again. And, you know, and they um, they gave me an option to potentially be a partner, which was intriguing, or I could always buy my business back out. And so yeah. after a couple of years, I realized that, mm, yeah, partnership, we're two, we're two independent guys. And that wasn't going to happen. So I really kind of struggled that last half of the year I was there with them in 2006. I was kind of going through a funk and looking for what's my direction. I I was still doing the training, but I knew it wasn't fulfilling and, but I didn't know what else to do. So just me, this is the truth, man. A buddy found me. We started praying, just saying, give me God, give me some direction. And I just kept going to work every day, doing my stuff, praying. And then Finally, I said, okay, I'm going to leave the firm. I'm going to buy my, I landed a couple of big deals, bought my business back out. Yeah. And then uh, I didn't know what I was going to do other than continue training, which back on my own, because why not? I was doing the same thing for them or for yeah. me. And, and like the, the week after I stopped, I was back in the office and someone introduced me to a, a person called Deborah Gravel. And she had some product that uh, let you do electronic cards, look like your signature. And we were just networking, uh, met for the first time. She asked me, so why are you, why'd you leave the accounting firm? And I, I don't know what I said. Um, anyway, she said, why don't you become a sales manager for small businesses? And so this is the big strategic moment here. Okay, wow. <laughs> She said wow. that. And I said, I'm going to do it. And um, it was like I knew it, it almost seemed like I had already thought about it, but I really hadn't. And, uh, and then I told my friend that had been kind of praying with me, hey, I'm going to do this. And he says, well, I think I know your first client is I'm going, what he had been sending some um, CCT camera stuff to the guy in Texas. And uh, they were start they were starting to build that part of their business. It was a locksmith business. Anyways, they became my first client like a week later. And 
every client that's come to me through my website, our referrals for 16 years, and I have three consultants working for me now. So yeah, it was like really, a, I really dug into research there. <laughs> but as soon as, as soon as she told me that, I still have this mind map of like, it was like clear as bell. It's like small business. What do they need? What is the problems? Yes. Okay. What's the, what's the competition? Me against nobody or a sales manager. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> and it just, uh, it's, uh, I didn't know it was called fractional sales manager back then. I was just helping companies out and now it's fractional sales management. Wow. That's amazing. And you said that you, uh, you were praying with your friend and just so happened that that lady was placed in your in your pathway and just happened to mention something and you know you might think that was coincidence but maybe not i don't know not, <laughs> not only that i said it was so like clear that i was going to do it i said do you know what my company name should be and she actually said no but she had he, she had her husband send me three company names the next day and one of them was sales manager now wow. and i just i took it and that's who we are wow <laughs> Excellent. So from that, from that humble beginning, um, what was it when you were working with that locksmith organization that uh, gave you, I guess, the, for want of a better term, the, the proof that this had merit? Uh, was, it, was it the fact that you were just working and you just loved getting back into the sales management game or they were getting results? Uh, what was it that said, yeah, this, there's something in here? Well, I think... Um... There was, it was just instinctively, I just knew it was there. And what kind of convinced me was, you know, what, what I was doing at Sailor One, I was, I was managing three offices, yeah. you know, three different sales teams in three different locations. It happens in the corporate world all the time. A manager manages little pods of teams, hmm. not sitting next to them. And I said, that's all I'm doing. I'm just managing someone who's away from me, but I know how to do that. And they just need guidance, structure. Um, you know, expectations, accountability, little, uh, they need an advocate, you know, that's what I love about being a sales manager is like advocating for my team, you know, not just challenging them, but like supporting them. Yeah. And, um, and so it just made sense. These guys were open to it. And like I, like I said, I still have my first presentation, everything I did, and it, it really hasn't changed. It's just, it was just the way it was supposed to be. It's just sales management. I'm just a sales manager. That's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> it's not. It's not any other really much magic. Just I share my services with others. Yeah. And they get a deal, and I get enough challenge for myself to keep me happy. Awesome. Awesome. So let's explore then, because I want to. I want to talk into um, sales management and you know the benefits of of maybe bringing in somebody like sales manager now rather than going to hire a, a sales manager per se. Um, sure. So let's, let's just define, from your perspective, fractional sales management. So for people who are listening to this, they may never have heard that term. Okay. And they're probably thinking, well, what is this? What, what, yeah. I'm listening to this, but I don't know what it actually is. What is it? Yeah, what it is. So, I mean, fractional portions, uh, piecing it out. And so it's a, in our, in our, ca in our case, or like I think uh, you're part of a company, what, sales director? or Sales director central, called? yeah. Sales director central, you know, I mean, in that case, you have experienced professional sales managers, people that have the sales management experience, not the, the salesperson who's going to get promoted, not the person who's finally at the end of their career and really doesn't want to do it much. And, but they'll take the job. It's, you know, or it's not the owner. It's a professional sales manager who likes to build and grow teams. So, and they, uh, they would never, and specifically at small businesses, medium size, that's different, but small businesses, most fractional sales managers wouldn't work there full time because there's not enough of a full time job there for them. And yeah. that's the real dilemma that small I've seen for 16 years of small businesses have. So they bring someone who says, oh, sure, I'll take it. But then that person gets loaded on other work because you got to fill that person's day. You got to justify their salary or they're selling and managing you know, and they, and that goes good or bad, usually not as good in most times, if it's not the right person. And um, so it's, they're just small businesses in a, in a, in a, in a tough spot. And I'm not trying to sell my business or your services or any of ours. It's just yeah. that the businesses that are, are growing and have a good foundation and customers, but they can't seem to get past that next level. They can't duplicate 
the good salespeople into like four of them or six of them or eight of them. You know, it really takes a sales leader who is interested in growing and nurturing that team, weeding out when necessary, attracting the better talent and to really take it there. But for us, like I said, I wouldn't be challenged at any of my clients, but when I'm working with five of them, they split the fees. Yeah. They, my time is more challenging. I'm working with uh, a company in Australia right now who's bringing yeah. a presence into the United States. Yeah. A little different application there, but it's really the same. They just needed a manager out here. They don't need a full-time manager. I'm managing three people. And so um, it just worked. Does that explain it pretty good? Yeah, it does. Um, and I, I certainly have a really good understanding of it because I'm, I'm part of the organization that does that. But um, it's, it's for many people, though, it's probably a newish concept because it's not necessarily front of mind. As, as you said before, if you're in a medium sort of business or a, or a large enterprise, it probably has enough volume to warrant a full-time sales manager. Having said that, I've still seen uh, cases where a fractional sales management approach can yeah. be really effective because it's really difficult to find good sales leaders out there. Let me say. True. They're working. <laughs> yeah. And, and part of the challenge, Renan, I'll be interested in your take on this is often sales leaders are given the opportunity to be a sales leader because they are a phenomenal salesperson. Yes. And so you mentioned before, they're actually a sales manager, but also maybe carrying an individual target. So they're selling as well. Right. And for some organizations that might work well, but for a lot of other organizations, it means that there's a, some competitive forces playing out within the business to say, well, yeah. Renee as the sales manager has to take the hat off and now put on Renee, the salesperson. And sometimes that can uh, cause some friction because you're now going to be targeted on your own individual uh, target yeah. and the team target. So your behaviors might change. So it doesn't necessarily work for all organizations. For the smaller companies, small businesses is where you you focus? Absolutely. Because if you think about it, I'd be interested in your take on this as well in terms of yeah, the, yeah. the challenges you're seeing within small businesses. Often small business owners or small business managers have a great product and their challenge is that they, they know a lot about their product or their service, but what they yes. don't necessarily have is the sales skills to be able to take that to the marketplace. Yes. So they'll they'll bring salespeople in, but they then actually act as the sales manager, but they don't necessarily have the capability to be a sales manager. They're a they technician. Actually, a lot of times, even if they're technician, uh, artist, whatever, their passion sell their passion and their position uh, allowed them to sell the clients they have and the customers they have to that point. But you can't transfer that that same over to a any a good salesperson they they're not going to be the owner the president the ceo they're not going to have that technical part that people customers will listen to so no sales sales role salesperson underneath value of the product or service communicate it to the customer help them make a good decision that's what we do <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about small businesses there you mentioned before you've got a new australian client that's coming on board yeah um, when you look at the small business owners or the small business marketplace, what are what are some of the key challenges that you find um, that are consistent that is almost like the catalyst to bring in your your services? Sure. I think one, uh, one thing that has made it easy for people to accept and embrace the fractional model is they've tried enough other things that don't work. So I think uh, that's why I think we talked earlier that companies, you don't have to wait till you've been in business 10 years or more, but I've just found that if you make it past the 10 year mark, you know, you, you kind of know enough about how much your pride will take you to the right and wrong place and how much you need to just trust some other resources and people to help you grow. So they've kind of reached that maturity um, level, which kind of answers the question, like, what are some of the common pitfalls in small businesses is holding on. You yeah. know, just you know, holding on too much, not letting go. Um, Gino Wickman in his book Traction talks about letting go of the vine, uh, so to speak. And you, know, you just got to trust others. Uh, they're never going to do it as good as you. In, your, in our minds, it might seem like they'll never get as, do it as good as we can do it, but they'll do it good enough. And actually, they might do it better. Um, <laughs> but just accept they could do it good enough. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I think that's that's a big one. Um, just the trust in general. Um, they've had salespeople that they haven't hired correctly and they haven't uh, 
managed correctly or, or just haven't managed at all. And so they, the, if they haven't had success, they usually have had one or two people that wish they can get them back. Yeah. But everyone else just kind of comes and goes and they've just got a sour taste. Hmm. And so hiring salespeople is not the most exciting thing they do because you're, if you really think about it, if you haven't had a consistent success enough times, you're just thinking here, I'm going to go hire the next one of those. Battles. And it just, my first chapter in my book is about owners have to have belief in their sales team. Otherwise, it just doesn't work. <laughs> you just kind of, you perpetuate the, the opposite. Totally, yeah. totally. So from that perspective, how many of the small businesses that you've ended up working with over the last 16 years at the beginning didn't either didn't understand or didn't know they needed um, somebody else to come in or they thought the only way for me to grow, if I've got a sales team, I have to bring in some sort of sales manager because what we're, what we're about to explore is, hey, you, you don't actually need a full-time sales manager, but... Right. How much of an obstacle have you found that to be speaking with small businesses to almost like influence the, the owner of the business or the, or the manager of the business to change their thinking about, hang on, you can actually have an expert come in and right. get the same results, if not better results, but you save a bucket load of money in the process. So I you mean, don't need you a think, yeah. manager. This is how I'm trying to convince owners to think this way through this media, through through blogs, through articles, through podcasts, because they in today's world they have to they have to accept it passively and then make the make the first move. Um, it's been really difficult just to do a proactive go out. Hey, let me go tell you about fractional sales management and how we can help you. It just if they're not ready, it's just yeah. a different concept that doesn't, it ends up being a trial and to really make it work, it has to be all in like, this guy can do it. Let's do it. You know, when, when they're there, then man, we can just, I mentioned that. Well, anyways, I don't want to <laughs> defer, but so I have just, that's why I've just allowed all the clients to, I've worked on my SEO and allow people to find me because yeah. they're, they're ready when we have a mm -hmm. conversation. Um, but how those people get ready is they, again, they're willing to let go. They're willing to trust and they're willing to try something else. And when you get our services for a month to month basis, there's no contract. It's kind of, I mean, you should, people should try it. <laughs> well, it's, it's almost like a no brainer because when you look at, uh, you look at most business uh, interactions, there is some form of contract, minimum, minimum requirements, yeah. uh, thresholds, volumes, all that sort of stuff. And it's very difficult, for, particularly for a, a small business that may have, oh, let's just say, cash flow squeeze issues potentially sure, sure. to then fork out for a full-time person on the hope that it might work. Right. So bringing in somebody who has some expertise in that area that can help fast track, I guess, the development of their sales team, but also take the onus off the owner or the manager of the business to then have to wear those multiple hats in many yeah. cases, you know, this sounds logical. It sounds like a no-brainer. Yeah, it, no it does. And I don't know why it, it's it's coming along though. I mean, like I said, you know, the fact that we're even talking about it in a in a term that you know you and I understand, it's like it's come along. Before I was like, how do you describe yourself? <laughs> a part-time, I guess. I don't know, but that that had a negative connotation. <laughs> so, I'm, a, I'm a sales, I'm a sales manager for hire. <laughs> yeah, right. And I kind of float around. But this is the big point. I really want to I'm going to stress this again because we were talking about retention with training. Yeah. So any, any, if there's anyone out there listening for themselves or for a colleague or a relative or a friend or something, the reason it makes it difficult to have a full-time sales manager at a small business is, is that the, the professional, the one who loves the challenge and wants to drive that team, if there's not enough of a challenge there, it, it becomes disinteresting. Yeah. And so, and then it's not a good fit for that type of person. So the fractional allows us people like that to work in five or six different companies, keep us challenged and interested in working with your company, and you get someone for less than half of what you'd pay for a full-time manager. That's it. Um, Plus, you don't have all the uh, on costs in terms of all the, like in America, it's the 401k, in Australia, it's superannuation, stuff yes. like that. It's um, it's it's just, hey, I pay a fee per month, and, there, and if there's no contract, there's literally, what's the worst that can happen? 
Yeah, you, you just you find out just like an employee. If it doesn't work out, you just say thank you. I think Absolutely. we're done. <laughs> now, in order for in order for that to happen, in order for uh, I guess business owners or business managers to I guess make that switch or take on the possibility this could be a, a viable alternative for them, they have to I guess take on some new beliefs. And I know one of the things you like talking about is is transferring or transforming beliefs. And yeah. therefore, in the process, rapidly increasing sales. You talk about three stages of transforming beliefs. Um, did you want to take us through through those? Sure. We're not going to get to the end result unless someone's like really ready for this. But it's, I mean, the simple the simple answer to the three steps are: first off, you have to identify that you actually have some. Neg- I'm going to call them negative beliefs. A negative belief in my uh, in this step. Uh, in this context is just any belief that's working against the goal you want to have. So let's say the goal you want is a sales team of eight. You have two, but your belief is you can't trust salespeople. Mm. <laughs> well, you know, if you if that's your belief, you can't trust salespeople. Like, you know, every every resume you see, you're going to find, see, they only stayed there six months. Even <laughs> if they stayed at two places for five years, you're going to find the one, see. Where they do there? Oh, they 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 worked at my competitor, so they're probably. I wonder if they stole the clients and took them somewhere else. You know, <laughs> all those all those things will get in the way of you finding the per, the person you want. So, mm-hmm. so first off, you have to identify that you have a negative belief that's working against you. Number one, um, and number two, then you got to just decide because beliefs are all a choice. You know, and so you got to decide. All right, what would be? It's almost it's a little bit of a faking it at first. But, you know, okay, what would be a, a, a different belief? Okay, that maybe you can't say all salespeople are trusting. That would be too big of a leap. But you can say there are some trustworthy salespeople out there. Yes. <laughs> and, I ho- and I hope to find them. You know yes. what I mean? So I'm going to believe that I can find the trusting salespeople. So let's go look for the trusting salespeople. So, and so what... So that's step two. And with step two, you also have to, uh, well, the step three is determine actions that would support that new belief. Because in order for that um, new belief to really begin to take root, it kind of requires the actions also. So what, what, and how you find those is you say, all right, if I believed that I could find trusting salespeople, what would my, how would my actions be different in how I approach? hiring you know i mean literally like well number one would be you would actually place an ad okay so so start there you know (laughs) but it sounds kind of we're laughing about it but that's actually while you have that negative belief you never go look to find someone you kind of wait for that person to find you that you feel comfortable with instead of just going to the market and allowing the trusting person to walk in your door yeah uh, and so, so Norma placed your ad. I'm going to do that. That's going to be an action that would show that. Uh, I'm going to, you know, schedule, you know, I'm going to interview at least three people, you know, and I'm not going to talk myself out of it. And I'm just going to see the best ones. So there's like some actions. The, so you have to decide those actions. And that's the only way this new belief is going to start taking hold because you got to allow it to, um, to prove something different. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But yeah, that's, uh, that's how you. That's the three steps. Which, uh, when you think about it, it's it's really uh, it's really simple, and yet yeah. very very difficult. Because as you said, yes, beliefs yes. beliefs are our choice, and beliefs are. And I said this to a group yesterday because um, I, I was talking about sharing a process to challenge their beliefs, and uh, the beliefs are so strong because there's there's so many things that we hang on to that we ordinarily believe is true but we have to start believing and asking ourselves the question, is it really true or could it be something different? You know, why do I have this belief, for example, that all, all salespeople are charlatans? Is it because uh, my parents told me that don't ever trust a snake oil salesman or a door-to-door salesperson? Yeah, yeah. So we get this fixation with this, this thought process that salespeople can't be trusted. And then when they become sales managers, often the salesperson is thrown into a sales management role because they're so good. The company's expanding. They say, Renee, you now can be a sales manager. Yeah, and the same, the same, I guess, behaviors perpetuate and keep going. Yeah. Um, right. So what we're saying there is, as as a business owner who's looking to expand sales and rapidly increase sales, 
hey, let's make, let's be honest, sales is the lifeblood of any business. So without sales, you don't have a business. So you're going right. to have to find a way to increase your penetration of the marketplace and take on a different belief that maybe there are some good salespeople yeah. out there. And, you know, in some, in, for the owners that have brought in uh, us to work fractionally, they have kind of allowed us to bring in that belief, the good belief. And I would kind of, someone else phrased this the other day. Um, they, they borrowed our belief. Yeah. And that's, a, that's another way for, you know, an owner to like learn something new because they have to have some evidence usually. So they can start out believing, but then evidence needs to come through to, to help change it really for, um, for a lasting change. Yeah. And, um, and so anyway, so yeah, borrow, get a fractional and borrow their belief and watch your business grow. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. So from, um, from that perspective, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of people and a lot of managers and a lot of business owners perhaps have a bit of a misconception about what sales management actually is. So from your perspective and working with a lot of businesses for the last uh, 16 years, what are some of the, the challenges or the misconceptions that you've had to deal with in order to, because I'm sure that there are, there are businesses that have brought you in who, yeah. as you just said, they've they've borrowed your belief on a, maybe a hunch or a, or something, or maybe it was a recommendation, oh, yeah. or and then you still had to work when you're in there to actually overcome some beliefs or some misconceptions about sales management. So, um, people listening to this right now who might be thinking about, you know, not necessarily going out there and and bringing on a brand new sales manager, but maybe looking at an alternative. What are some yeah. of the misconceptions that we need to be conscious of? That the, a manager doesn't have to be the best salesperson. Uh, the manager doesn't have to be, uh, they are doing a different role. The manager is a, a doing management and leadership, and that's different than selling. I mean, of course, I mean, they, to be honest with you, they don't even have to be good at selling. Salespeople have to be good at selling because they're the ones selling. So, uh, you could be a great manager from another discipline and come in and manage a sales team if you understand the principles of management, mm -hmm. clear expectations, uh, support, accountability, uh, communi good communication, consistent meetings. I mean, so a pe good person who understand, allow people to succeed or not. So um, I forget what question I was at answering <laughs> <laughs> and i'll keep rambling if i don't get back on track <laughs> i talking about misconceptions around sales management all right so i would say that so they don't have to, they uh, they don't they don't have to be their great salesperson and that's one the other one hey, is do we have to do i have to listen <laughs> <laughs> yes just but once i get rolling i'm running okay i'm going down the snow hill uh all right so what else is there is there oh uh, owner's uh, owners have asked me, hey, um, I think you need to nag them a little bit more, you know, and I said, like, I don't nag. Okay. <laughs> I don't nag. Um, and so what I think they're really saying is you need to motivate, remind them and motivate them more, you know, and so another misconception is the sales manager needs to be the motivator. And I'm sure if we're, a, if we, if you just have a good energy as a person, you know, you're, you're probably fun to be around and you'll, you'll, help people find their motivation. But I tell people, I, if I become the motivator, then I'm hiring people that need me. And I want to hire people that bring motivation and go and go sell. So the misconception is that we motivate salespeople. Um, and I like it the other way. Salespeople motivate me. Wow. Bring me some good news. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> as John Maxwell says, how do you, how do you motivate salespeople? You go and hire motivated salespeople. <laughs> yeah, you go. Brilliant. And it's a great, it's a great and, and just remember, we're talking about misconceptions. Yes. <laughs> but when yes. you're talking about motivation there, it reminds me when I was running a sales team at one of the bigger companies here in Australia, Telstra. And um, I remember I was expected to do a Monday morning motivational meeting at 10 mm -hmm. o'clock every Monday. Okay. And I'd have a group of account managers around the table and it was like, let's, let's, let's go nuts and motivate the hell out of them. And they all had their laptops out and none of them were listening. <laughs> okay. So you cannot motivate a sales team. You have to look for how do you create the environment where they can be more intrinsically motivated? Yes. Do it. Absolutely. Do it. 
do it. Don't. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's, because it, when you said that, I thought, yep, there are so many. And even now, when I'm talking to organizations around doing sales training or sales coaching or working with their leaders, they're thinking, we've got to motivate these salespeople more, right? I'm thinking, and, and they're saying, well, let's pay them more or let's give them more financial incentives. And said, no, you've got to figure yeah. out what makes them tick, right? They need to be self motivated. Massive right. misconception. Yeah, a real big one. And I think if we were to add to that list, I'd say that, um, you know, the numbers game in some some sales, uh, some selling that you're doing, a numbers game is there if you're an SDR or whatever. But still, yeah. in today's world, I mean, it's always been the same. It's quality. So yeah. I don't. Uh, the other thing is that as long as they're making enough calls, everything will work out. It's like, um, so I think just from a, another piece that a, an owner can take away from this call is, you know, measure the, the, the indicator that is closer to the sale, not just close to activity. Okay. Mm-hmm. Act, you have to have a good enough salesperson with good enough activity to get to the next result. Maybe that first result is a meeting. Okay. So measure how many meetings you have versus, well, they made they made their hundred calls, so I guess they're doing their job. Uh, <laughs> they got no nothing meeting. to show for it, but they've made right. their calls. Because I want to give freedom. I want to give freedom to uh, salespeople to, hey, if you're like a one call, one meeting, per, you know, every call you make is a meeting, and whatever you do in between to get there, and and you're overachieving on numbers. Well, good yeah. on you. You know yeah. what I mean? Good on you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's an interesting thing you say because there's still there are still sales teams and sales leaders today who focus on that it is a numbers game. So they sit down with their account managers and they think, how many calls have you made this week? Show me your diary. How many appointments have you got? Um, how many? What's your what's your pipeline looking like? It should be three x or five x your yeah. your target, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Thinking that that will be the thing that delivers the the utopia, it's not. It's what are the disciplines? What sort of conversations are we having? What sort of quality people are we talking to? Yeah. Do we know exactly what we stand for? Do we know exactly what our benefit to the of the product is to the marketplace? Do we know what problem we're actually solving? There's a thought. <laughs> is there a problem that we're there to solve? Right. Yeah. 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 So, so why, why, why do they? So why did they want the proposal? Uh, uh, I, I don't know. I just finished the demo, so I'm sending them a proposal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the and, and I think the metrics. The metrics are, are not necessarily, uh, maybe they worked 10, 15, 20 years ago, um, but today buyers are more educated and particularly moving into the smaller businesses, uh, you might be dealing with smaller organizations and smaller customers in terms of volume and sales, but they still do their research. They know ahead yeah. of time uh, what they're looking for. So you've, you've, got to be, you've got to be quality over quantity. I tell you, the, pros- the prospecting, don't you find it, the prospecting is the skill, uh, which is everything, right? Which is the phone, which is LinkedIn, which is email, which is networking, whatever, you know, yeah. referral request. It's I, the prospecting is so much more uh, challenging and uh, intuitive and uh, than when I was doing prospecting. Prospecting for me was easy. Just go down and walk down the street and cold call some people or just call down a list and be good at the phone but it's yep. so much different today. It's, it's yep. more challenging. Yeah, it is. And because there's a lot more people that have been doing the, the old way of doing things. And this is where sometimes beliefs are actually formed Yes, in other people's right. minds that we sometimes have to deal with and, and I wouldn't say overcome, but handle. Yes. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, so when you're looking at the, when you're looking at the organizations now that you're working with, um, when you're looking at that, what do you think some of the, the biggest problems are with sales that they might have that really, because you, you've got an interesting comment in one of your, um, I think it was one of your, it was either in your bio or in your in one of your yeah. articles you've written, why your biggest problem with sales has nothing to do with your current sales team. Okay. I said, well, let me back that up. It could, it could. Okay, this one, I'm going to clarify that one. Okay, it could have to do with your sales team. It usually doesn't. Okay, if, if, if the people there have sold and they're good people, most of them, then there's probably a problem in direction, clarity, leadership, 
consistency, service, you know, all there. Uh, what I, I will back that up to say in over 16 years of bringing on clients, most of the time, there's very little turnover when we come in and work with people. We build on the team that's there. Yeah. Okay. They And they appreciate um, leadership. They appreciate having someone there to help them get their problem solved, to challenge them to do more, to recognize them, uh, the camaraderie, to not have a unhealthy competitive environment, but have a healthy competitive environment. You know, all the things you talk about, you know, Darren, it's like, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm talking to the mirror right now. (laughs) (laughs) We are are brothers that are separated at birth. Yeah. What what, what I'm hearing there is, and I just, there's something you said, just, um, just had that thought came into my head. It's almost like for, for smaller businesses, um, who have smaller sales teams to get access to an expert, a, a leader who can come in and, and instill some practices, some disciplines, some thought processes that ordinarily you'd find in a big, a big business. And this is by no means yes. saying we're going yes. to bring in the bureaucracy and the big process and make it really onerous, but it's more about the thinking, the nimbleness, the, the different strategies that might be, uh, not available to these smaller businesses right now to have right. the opportunity to bring that thinking in can only help uh, in my view streamline the way they do business today but also propel the opportunity for them to get better results a lot quicker and make them you, sustainable you, you nailed it you, you nailed it it's because a lot of the small businesses uh everyone did even the owners maybe didn't work at corporations they just were an entrepreneur they started a business and started yeah. figuring it out along the way and uh hired some good other good people that hadn't had corporate experience but were good people and they learned and became strong managers at that company because that's where they got their experience so yeah but um i i just finished uh, nine years with one particular client i had in canada uh, wow. this this week with my, my last sales meeting there in they made They've you all redundant, grown and, today, huh? <laughs> they made <Well>, you redundant. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, they yeah, they're strong, and that's that's what we should be. Okay, and that's what that's the other thing that gets in the way. It's like at uh, in a corporate world or somewhere else, we're there trying to keep our jobs as sales man, fractional sales manager. There, we're there to help your business grow and get value. And mm-hmm. if someone else steps up, or people just get strong, the owner wants to step in. No worries, you know, make it okay. go. And so there's other, there's just only a million businesses for us to go service if they want to call us. And That's so uh, anyways, well, what the, one of the young men said, so I asked him all the question, all right, so what are you guys going to remember about me when I leave? You know, what's going to stick with you? And um, one of them was, uh, we read the Joshua Principle by Tony, Tony Hughes out there in Australia, you know, that we love yep. that book. So that they, they really... Uh, talked about that. Another guy said that what you were talking about, Renee, the processes, you always had processes, you documented things, uh, just the, everything was clear. And so that's what changed when they brought uh, me in was they everything, more clarity, understanding. So it just uh, eliminated wasted time (laughs) trying to re-clarify things all the time. Well, and the benefit of bringing somebody like you in as a fractional sales leader is you've got the expertise, you've got the processes, you've got the methodology. So you don't, the, the company doesn't have to start from scratch. It's almost like a, yeah. a plug and play, but they can take advantage of the experience, the knowledge, the processes, the thinking, um, the strategy, the tactics, the account planning, the deal reviews, all that sort of stuff. Um, just yeah. even simple things like how to run, how to run a one-on-one review of your account or how to yeah, run a sales yeah. meeting per se, right? Yeah, right. Which a lot of them yeah. just just make it up because they don't know any different. Exactly. Can, so, I don't know how much time we got here. Hey, can, can I share a process that I'm doing for hiring right now? I'm kind of stoked about it. It's working. Yeah, absolutely. Because I was, I was going to ask you about some, um, some results you've been delivering for your accounts as well. But yeah, go for it. Okay. So, um, so this is what I do for hiring right now. Uh, first off, we, you know, we'll got to define, got to define the culture, the values, because what we're trying to do is attract people who want to work at this company, not just people that can do the job. First, I want people to want to work here. So in your ads, point number one, make sure you're explaining the um, your culture, you know, 
if it's uh, you, we work shoulder to shoulder, we work virtually, uh, we're high paced, uh, we're you know more methodical, whatever it is, you know, yeah. define it. If you have a vision, put that on there too to attract, let people know that there's something more uh, that they're growing with. Okay, but don't overdo it. Okay, there you go. Put all our most of your job description in there and make sure you have your compensation. Now, when you post it to whatever job boards you do, don't use their job, don't use their application process. Go through the extra mile and put your job description on your website and create a survey. I use Zoho survey, survey monkey, whatever you want. Create yep. an online survey that um, you will have the salespeople go through 10, 15 questions that are related to the type of sale they're gonna be doing, the type of client they're gonna be customers. You wanna do, this filters out all the no, nobodies that really aren't even applying. It also gives you a sense of how they think and how they write, because yep. this is really important in today's sales. And um, and, it, and then I always, then here's the next thing on the survey, always include what questions do you have for us? Now, this is why you do this. First off, it's great to hear what type of questions they have. Is it all about, they're usually, some of them always go like, when can I get an interview? <laughs> okay, got it. All right. Hello. Watch you really pine. <laughs> yeah, right. Anyways, but the, here's, here's the reason I want questions. What they ask, but more importantly, I tell them I'm going to answer it in 24 hours. So I, I jump on those surveys and I answer those questions in 24 hours and I let them know if they get in, invited, uh, I'll be back with them in seven days. What that does, it begin your best applicants, you're starting to begin a dialogue. So you're making a sale here. You're, you want to sell your best applicants. So now you're building a relationship through responding. You made a promise, you kept the promise, and now they're on, they're moving along. Okay, what else goes there? And then, uh, oh, all those, uh, the, if you could do it, the survey, all those applicants come into my CRM, not Indeed or whatever else is out yeah. there. So. Yeah. I have control of all that, my templates and all. Um, and then you just do your online interview. Uh, do a, uh, I do use a profile Wiley's sales assessment to um, understand who the finalists are, do your final, make your offer letter and so on. But that that not using the portals out there, make your own portal, so to speak, filter, filter down and your interviews will be more enjoyable because people have went through a more uh, custom process and you won't waste as much time and and you probably find through that process that the quality of the applicants that you end up getting to speak to will be higher because you started to build that relationship but you've also made them jump through perhaps a few more hoops yeah. that a lot of other organizations wouldn't necessarily get them to do because they just want hey just throw some stuff on the wall and hopefully some of the mud's going to stick because so they have the wrong belief get. i believe yeah. i'm going to get the best and they're going to love doing this that's and I it get <laughs> that's it that's it which is really important particularly in i'm not sure what you're experiencing in the states but a lot of my clients here in australia are saying it's there's a lot of there's a real shortage of quality people that are actually looking at the moment yeah. so to it doesn't matter to me never matters just like it never matters in sales i don't care if it's like you know whatever if if we have something good there's something out someone out there that would want to work with us i mean if, yeah. if your company's terrible then that sorry fix that <laughs> But if, <laughs> if, if you have a good company, there's another good person out there that would love to be working with you. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, a really good point. And uh, love the process. Love the process. Hey, really, as we wrap up, get close to wrapping up, um, really intrigued running running this business for the last 16 years. And I'm not, I'm not going to ask you to give examples of specific numbers, but what what's what's your clients typically found through through working with you and bringing you in as a fractional sales leader? You mentioned before you've just finished with a, an organization in Canada that after nine years they're, right. they're at a stage now where hey we can sort of separate. But what what do organizations typically experience through having this sort of service? Uh, a lot of the owners begin to experience being more of a president CEO. So they are, um, they're allowed to, I mean, sales results have to be there. We're in a results business, right? So if we're not experiencing results, then we're not doing our job. So yes, results happen. And our, our, we base our results based on company goals and expectations. We don't go in promising, oh, we can increase anyone's sales by 30% or, you yeah. know, we don't do that. Yeah. So we're all aligned with company goals. So they get, their goals are met more consistently i'm not going to say we always meet them every year we don't that's just mm -hmm. reality in sales that's it uh, 
but the CEO and the president, the owners, they end up having the opportunity to go do their job the way they're that we need them to. We need them to go find new products, find new markets, solve problems, bring in technology, you know, fix issues so we can keep selling and all the other departments keep serving. And so that's one of the big that's one of the biggest takeaways in a small business is um, they're allowed to go, they have to go grow <laughs> in their role. <laughs> and, and it sounds from 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 listening to that, and this is my experience as well. It enables it enables the owner of the company or the or the manager of the company to focus on their zone of genius, yes. and allow somebody else to come in and uh, work in their zone of genius as well, yeah. which therefore enables the company to expand perhaps more so and quicker than if they didn't have that fractional sales manager to come in. There you go. We just pick one more one more piece in the puzzle. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, Renee, really, uh, really enjoyed having this conversation. Now, I know you've also got a, a book known yes. as the part-time sales, a part-time sales management is called. Uh, yep. Where can where can people get a copy? But also, if people are interested in knowing a bit more about you and what sure. you do, where's the best way for them to connect? All right. For the book, Part-Time Sales Management, it's been written for all you business owners out there or um, salespeople that are also selling and managing, you know, this will help you in that, you know, how do you, how do you split up both roles um, or just any sales manager? It's just good management practices uh, to manage people more results in less time. Uh, how you get a hold of us is sales manager now. So I'll always say, if you're looking for a sales manager now, <laughs> just add.com, salesmanagernow.com. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and worst worst thing that would happen is you'd have a conversation with me, uh, yeah. you know, since then, and you'd you'd probably leave with some good ideas, even if we never did business. Brilliant. And also, uh, can people find you on LinkedIn or Sales Manager Now is the best place? Uh, sales Manager Now is the best place, but LinkedIn, Renee Zamora, R-E-N-E-Z-A-M-O-R-A, or you can do Sales Manager Now. We're on there as well. So um, YouTube, you want to watch 52 videos on sales leadership tip videos, they're there. Um, so, um, anyways, but I hope you're working, I hope you got more work to do than listening to videos, but anyways, they're there. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe one a week cause there's 52. So it'll there take you, you a year to do that, that was the idea. Awesome. Renee. Hey, look, thanks again for, uh, for jumping on, especially on a, uh, a Thursday afternoon. Thanks Absolute for having pleasure, me. Absolute uh, pleasure speaking with you and, uh, yeah, we'll look forward to engaging and continuing the conversation. Looking forward to it myself. Great to meet you. All right. Likewise, All care. the best. Good on you. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.